Week 7 in the books, coming to you live Monday night, October 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Drake Schrader, here for the next episode of Schraderways, episode 13. We will be going over week 8 coming up. Um, we had an awesome week 7 in the books, lots of um, potential uh, winners that emerged on top, and then lots of heartbreak as well. So if you are someone in this past week who possibly has Derrick Henry or you know DeAndre Swift on their roster, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you started Mike Davis like I did, then you are probably looking at another loss in the loss column. Coming off of this bipocalypse, the good news is coming into this next week, you only got two teams on by. That's going to be the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. So good for everyone else in the league that maybe had some of their key starters um, sitting on the bench this week in their bye week. But we have a couple things I want to look at coming into this week. We're going to go over some notable news coming off of the games from last week. I'm going to take a look at the Thursday Night Football Showdown between the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. And then we're also going to look at some possible start or sit targets. And then my particularly uh, what's grown to be one of my favorite columns here in the show, um, which is just talking about tight ends. Uh, I'm going to find an audio drop that goes with that at some point. But something about talking about tight ends really gets me going, uh, especially, especially these guys that we're going to chat about tonight. So... Looking at some notable news from the week, um, Sam Darnold did get benched in the fourth quarter of their game. Uh, it looks like they came out and said that he's still going to be the starter going forward, but P.J. Walker came in, played a little bit, didn't do any better than uh, Darnold did. Also got sacked three times, same amount as Darnold. Um, so just overall, my outlook on the Carolina Panthers, I think Darnold's still going to be their guy, but I know that there are talks of them being involved with the Sean Watson trade rumors here. Um, Deshaun has previously said that he's not going to be going anywhere except for Miami. So there are essentially three parties that have to okay a trade here. It's going to be the Texans and the value that they receive. It'll be the team that's acquiring Deshaun, and then it'll be Deshaun himself okaying the trade. So keep that in mind moving forward that the Panthers are being talked about as a possible trade target for Watson. Um, A.J. Brown did survive his, uh, his Chipotle food poisoning from last week, and he ended up finishing wide receiver four on the week. So he had a monster game. Um, he did awesome. It was it was fun to watch. Finally, I know if you are someone who has him on your roster, you've been waiting for this moment to come. Um, and specifically, you know, kind of seeing the Tennessee Titans get geared up and start putting points on the board. I know that's really special as well. Uh, but AJ Brown right now, you know, these past couple games, um, you know, I'll give you his fantasy points from every game. Week one, 10.9. Week two, 4.3. Then 0 0.3. Then 3.8. Then 9.1. Finally, he brings it home with a 19.3 fantasy point game, uh, eight receptions on nine targets, 133 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, that I know I am very happy to see as someone who rosters A.J. Brown in quite a few leagues, uh, happy that that finally came to fruition. <clears throat> Kyle Pitts also kind of showing up here, escalating pretty quickly. He did finish as the tight end two on the week. He had seven receptions for 163 yards. Um, man, this offense is really, I don't really know what to do with some of these pieces here. Obviously, Calvin Ridley hasn't had the season that we maybe have hoped for, given where you drafted him. But I think moving forward, like if you took a chance on Kyle Pitts, okay, this is where we're at with uh, the draft capital, where he was taken in ADP in the beginning of the year, right? If you ended up with him, that means you reached a little bit on maybe some other guys that are performing well. I think in general, it looks like those wide receiver tiers between round four and round seven are tending to pay off for people a little bit more than those wide receiver ones that they'd anticipated, obviously with the exception of a couple of the key players there. But 
I don't think that there's a way if you don't have Kyle Pitts on your roster for you to go out and get him. And I also don't think that you should because I think that there are going to be ups and downs as the season goes on. I think in dynasty leagues, you know, whatever you're going to have to give up to get him, it might be worth it for you. But at the same time, there's going to be other tight ends on a week-to-week basis right now that are rosterable for fantasy. So I, I wouldn't spend too much time, you know, wishing, oh, I wish I would have had him. Uh, you know, I should have get him on my team, do anything I can. Tight end is such a fickle position. I'm super excited if I have him on my roster because moving forward, I can feel confident knowing that, you know, he's contributing in a way at this point where it seems like it's escalating on a week-to-week basis. But um, I don't think that you should go out and necessarily sell the whole team for him or, um, you know, do anything it takes to get him on your roster. Similarly with Jamar Chase, in fact, if I have Kyle Pitts, I might be willing to shop him around for a little bit of uh, maybe some depth at running back or a uh, another wide receiver that I think is going to have a better half second half of the year. Mahomes also took a big hit in their game this week. Um, the Chiefs did not look very good at all. They are currently three and four. Um, they're third in their division. They're gonna. Uh, Mahomes is supposedly gonna be okay before their Monday Night Football matchup with the Titans here in this upcoming week. So nothing to worry about there. I do think that if you have Tyreek Hill or Patrick Mahomes, obviously now's not the time to shop them because they have not been performing. Um, the Chiefs in general, most of those Chiefs players, uh, with the exception of Mr. Kelsey, but. You know, this is definitely a time if you are not contending and you do have Mahomes on your team, um, you know, maybe entertain some trades with other people who believe that he's going to bounce back, you know, for the second half of the season here. Next up, I want to go over uh, this DraftKings Thursday Night Football Showdown preview, okay? We're talking about Cardinals versus Packers. Um, Devontae Adams, it came out earlier this week that he is not going to be playing in this game most likely. He did test positive for covid he is vaccinated as well, um, but, you know, essentially there was a breakthrough case or something. He did have to test positive in order to be put on this list. So keep that in mind moving forward. It doesn't look like he's going to be available for this game, which is going to hamper, I'm sure, the odds on the Packers. Right now they're at plus six. Cardinals are favored uh, by six points. Over-unders at 51 points with um, an implied point total of, it looks like, 26 to two. Oh, that's not how math works. 28 to 22, 28.5 to 22.5, somewhere in there. Just did quick maths. Quick maths on the fly. Um, but Kyler coming in at 12K right now, and Rogers at 11.4K. Hopkins as well has missed practice today on Monday due to a hamstring injury. Um, he's missed time during the season up to this point due to a rib injury, due to an illness. But the hamstring is new, and uh, Bill O'Brien definitely put a curse on his locker whenever they left the Houston Texans field this last week. Oh, they played in Arizona. Just kidding. Bill O'Brien sent a curse via mail <laughs> over to uh, over to DeAndre Hopkins, and um, it landed in his locker. So dealing with a hamstring issue, issue may, may be available, may not. We're not really sure yet, so keep that in mind. Um, but I want to talk about the quarterbacks. Obviously, you're going to lean one of these two guys in your captain slot. If you want to get different and be able to add a couple more roster, uh, you know, less dependent players on your roster, then you're going to have to put some one of those guys in your captain spot. But um, Kyler's going to run you 18K in your captain spot. Roger's going to run you 17.1K. So both of those taking out nearly, you know, essentially like a third of your budget in just one pick at captain there. I am leaning, if I have to choose between one of these quarterbacks to start, I'm leaning Rodgers here. Um, the absence of Adams is scary to me, but at the same time, he's been doing a great job of getting the other guys involved in lieu of Alan, or, uh, I'm sorry, Marquez Valdez-Scantling going out on IR. 
Um, and now Adams will be gone as well. So I'm assuming that Aaron Jones is going to take a little bit more of the workload in the passing game. I think Alan Lazard is going to be involved as well, especially at the goal line. And I think Robert Tunyon has a chance to get his due diligence as well. These are my must plays. These are the two guys that I absolutely have to play. <clears throat> James Conner at 7.8K. I'm absolutely playing him. Um, Edmonds currently, Chase Edmonds, you know, there's there was a little bit of a toss-up at the beginning of the year, especially with the way that the that James Conner was performing fantasy points-wise. Um, but Edmonds has no touchdowns on the year at this point. So um, and every week it seems like more and more of that rushing game is going to Connor. Connor's going to get the goal line carry. So at 7.8K, you know, if I'm looking at a running back that I want to start here, other than Aaron Jones, who's sitting at 9K, I'm leaning James Connor. So on this must play list, you got Aaron Jones, 9K, got James Connor, 7.8K, and then I've got Alan Lazard at 5.2K. I think Randall Cobb is a value play that's worth mentioning here at 3.6K on DraftKings. Um, obviously, you know, two of the wide receivers that, that were involved a little bit more than Cobb are out. So, um, I think that they are going to have to play up to the Cardinals standard here in terms of, uh, scoring points. And I do think the Cardinals defense is a, a barrier in the way of the Packers offense, but I think that Aaron Rodgers is coming in there to prove, prove a little bit of a point here. And I think the Cardinals are also going to be trying to prove a point. So this could be a very high total scoring game. Like I said, 51 points. This is my lineup coming up on the showdown slate. I'll give it to you guys here. My captain is Aaron Jones. In my flex spots, I've got James Conner. I've got Alan Lazard. I've got Christian Kirk. I've got Aaron Rodgers, and I've got Robert Tunyon. So I've got the Rodgers, Tunyon, Lazard stack there with Aaron Jones as well. I know that might be over-investing into the uh, Green Bay side of things, but I do think coming back with James Conner and Christian Kirk, I think they're going to be two of the high-scoring uh, players on this team this week, especially with D-Hop looking like he may be struggling with a little bit of a hamstring injury. All right, coming up next, the uh, the tight ends section of the episode where I talk about tight ends. Um, wow, Mike Gusecki with a, uh, a pretty apparent breakout season coming along. Um, it, it's nice to see him into a connect. I know that some of the issues that he's had in the past couple weeks have been with Jacoby Brissett, but it looks like they're bringing uh, new life to Mike Gusecki here in Miami. This week he finished 7 for 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, obviously is a little bit of a um, Ferris wheel action going here with some of these Dolphins pieces, Waddle with Gusecki, with Miles um, Gaskin. It's kind of a week to week thing, you know. I, I don't I don't know that you can trust them every single week, but at this point, Mike Gusecki is sitting at uh, on the year. He is the tight end number three. So um, he, or I'm sorry, for the week on the year, he's actually sitting at tight end number three with 91.7 fantasy points. So he's about um, it looks like 20 points behind Mark Andrews, uh, but he is four points ahead of T.J. Hawkinson and about seven points ahead of Dalton Schultz. So. Um, from a yardage perspective, Gasecki has 427 yards on the year, two touchdowns on the year. I expect that touchdown count to go up. If it does, you know, he's, he's seeing 50 targets, which is near the top of this list, with the exception of Darren Waller, who's sitting at tight end eight, but has 53 targets on the year as well. Um, it looks like Gasecki's going to get the volume. So some of the other guys up here that, that aren't necessarily seeing the same amount of volume, you know, you've got Dalton Schultz with only 37 targets. Granted, he's got three touchdowns on the year, which helps him a little bit. You've got Dawson Knox, who obviously is out right now, so not his target share is not necessarily indicative of his usage on a week-to-week basis. But other guys on this target list, you know, right now you're looking at Zach Ertz with 36 targets. I know coming into Arizona, uh, people have pretty high expectations for Ertz, so I might be looking to try and roster him if possible if he's still sitting on the waiver wire for any chance. Uh, but Jonu Smith, 
Tyler Conklin, Jared Cook, um, Higby, Zach Ertz, these guys all have over 30 targets, and they're kind of the anomalies sitting at the bottom of the tight end leaderboard. So I would look to maybe um, each of those guys, you know, keep an eye on them moving forward. But the tight ends I really wanted to talk about here is Dawson Knox. So he's coming back uh, week 10 versus the Jets as anticipated right now, move, coming up to this point as of today. If you're a contender, go feel out who has him, go get him, see if you can get him on your roster. He would be a great tight end, I think, to have those uh, last couple, three or four weeks of the season once he gets back from IR. Players I'm willing to trade for him, you know, I might be willing to give up someone like Robert Tunyon or Tyler Higby to someone that's looking to contend in these next couple weeks that needs to bring their their uh, record back up from something negative. Dallas Goddard's another tight end here that I want to chat about. He didn't have a great week last week, and the Eagles are, uh, you know, relatively difficult to watch. Uh, but Jalen Hurts is sitting at the number four tight end or number four quarterback on the season right now. Um, like I said, Dallas Goddard is sitting at tight end 14. Um, but I think now that Zach Ertz has, has vacated some of those targets, I think that he'll continue to be involved. The Eagles need reliable targets in the midfield, okay? And, and, and the opportunity will be there for Dallas Goddard. They, he is the only tight end that's, you know, essentially worth anything on this offense right now. So he did lead the entire Eagles receiving core in yardage in Week 7. So something to keep in mind moving forward. All right, now this last portion of the episode today, we're going to get into some starts or sits. Um, I do want to say this podcast is available on Spotify. So if you find yourself listening on Spotify, there is a little question box there at the bottom. Go ahead and submit any start sits you have for the week. Um, if I see volume coming in and, I, and people are actually submitting questions, I'd be happy to hop on and answer those Sunday morning and release a quick, you know, five, 10 minute podcast. Let people know who I think is in, out, who they should or shouldn't start or sit. But starting off our list, we're going to have Mike Davis, and they're going to be uh, the Falcons are going to be playing the Carolina Panthers this week. So, um, starter sit for Mike Davis. I'm leaning sit. Okay, this last week he had four carries for 10 yards against one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, it looks like Arthur Smith is going to use the offensive, uh, you know, workhorses where he can, and, and Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and Cordero Patterson are the top three guys. It doesn't look like Mike Davis is even really being given a thought at this point. So wouldn't be surprised to see him, um, you know, possibly leave after this year, the Falcons to go out and try and get another young running back. Um, the league obviously has plenty of them right now that aren't necessarily being involved as much as some of the workhorse backs. So there might be some talent sitting on some benches coming into the off season, but um, the trade deadline's coming up. I don't think anything's going to happen before then because they're feeling pretty confident with Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis, both just in case something happens to either one of them. Um, but it, it's happening here for Mike Davis and it doesn't feel good. So, um, I'm sitting him. I'm not going to start him this week. I'm going to start guys like Miles Gaskin over him, um, even though, you know, maybe three or four weeks ago, I wouldn't be wouldn't have felt the same way. All right. Next up, T. Higgins. This week, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals are taking off and the taking on the New York Jets after they had a monster week against the Baltimore Ravens and now are sitting atop their division because of that win. Um, listen, I, I think the Bengals are going to ace this contest right now. Zach Wilson looks like he's not going to play. Um, I do worry that it's going to be a little bit of a lopsided game from a scoring perspective. But Higgins saw a season-high total of 15 targets last week against a tough Baltimore secondary. Obviously, Jamar Chase stole the show a little bit. You've probably seen the highlight reels going around of him with that spin out of a tackle and then a run for a touchdown after he caught the ball. But I think because of that and because of Chase's you know, kind of immediate rise to contention for one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now, Higgins is going to be someone that maybe isn't going to have to deal with some of that shadow coverage that comes from a secondary that's eyeballing one of the big physical playmakers. So 
Um, the Jets are actually currently the 29th defense in the league, and I do think that their secondary is going to be paying more attention to Chase downfield. I think Higgins is going to continue to work on the sideline and in the red zone and be a, a possession guy for uh, Joe Burrow to lean on. Tyler Boyd slowly fading away into darkness here. I, I don't really... You know, had hope, had high hopes that he was at least going to be um, somewhat sustainable throughout the year, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. He's sitting in the mid-40s in the wide receiver range. Up next on our list, Ricky Seals-Jones. Are we going to start him or are we going to sit him versus Denver? Um, I'm going to start Ricky Seals-Jones until he gives me a reason not, not to. He's had six-plus targets the past three weeks. One touchdown, Denver is going to be able to keep up, I think, you know, to a certain degree with the Washington offense. Um, both of these teams, you know, kind of hobbling along in their season. Obviously, nothing spectacular. Um, no real case to be made for either of them to be contenders this year. But at the same time, you know, these teams are going to have uh, spot off plays, you know, moments where there are things that escalate pretty quickly with the offenses, specifically given the talent that they have on the rosters with guys like. Um, Tim Patrick, guys like Ricky Seals-Jones, guys like obviously Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, um, Javante Williams especially, and Melvin Gordon. Both those guys have looked pretty good coming into this year. So I don't think it's going to be a super high-scoring game, but I do think you'll be able to lean on Ricky Seals-Jones for maybe you know five or six targets, what he's been getting from the offense. Um, you know, 40, 50 yards, put up 10 points, and at this point, uh, that from your tight end has got to feel you know pretty good. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones sitting at the the tight end 20 on the year. Obviously, his involvement these past couple weeks since Logan Thomas has been injured has been a lot better. You know, if he's looking at anywhere from five to six targets a week and around 50 yards on average, and then, um, you know, one touchdown the past three weeks, let's say he's averaging a third um, of a touchdown per week. At that point, you're still looking at 12 fantasy points coming from your tight end, which given this week's slate and how things ended up playing out, um, that would have got you, let's see, 12 points would have had you at the uh, the tight end eight uh, right right there with Dallas Goddard. That's how many points he had this week. So something to keep in mind moving forward. I do think also that Gibson does have a shin injury that's kind of looming. Um, Humphreys and Curtis Samuel both not really integrated in the offense as wide receiver twos at this point. So Ricky Seals-Jones has a chance to be um, someone that, you know, is a rosterable tight end, which at this point in the season I keep saying is something that you shouldn't shouldn't take advantage of. Next up, looking at Tim Patrick, I think this week coming in for Denver, although I just talked about the Denver offense and how that I do think they're going to be able to keep up with Washington, I'm going to sit Tim Patrick this week. Here's why. Coming off the worst week of the season, he's been pretty dependable up to that point. He's consistently seeing five to six targets per game. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, though, this is this is the issue where, where I'm kind of drawing a stop. Teddy Bridgewater's completed 23 passes in the past three games. He's attempting an average of 40 passes per game. Okay, that's 57% completion rating, which is not good. That's that's honestly not good at all. Over-under for this game is 43. So implied point total is Washington's going to take it, 23 to 20. Washington's favored by three. Um, you know, I, I think that Javante and Melvin take in two of these touchdowns, and I think that they're one of their ancillary players takes this, this third one. It, it could be Tim Patrick, but if it does, I think you're going to get you know, four or five targets for 30, 40 yards, and then a touchdown. So I don't know that it's worth it. It's all going to obviously come down to what you have available to you on your roster. But keep that in mind as you're moving into the week that that Tim Patrick for me is going to be a sit this week. I'm going to find someone else to replace him on my roster. Up next, Marvin Jones, uh, starter sit, obviously coming off the bye week this week. Jacksonville is going to be playing Seattle in week eight. I'm going to start him. I'm going to start Marvin Jones. Here's why. He's the clear-cut wide receiver one. Um, judging off of the currently the current Monday Night Football going on behind me with the Saints and Seahawks, um, I do think it could be a low point total game. Um, I I think this Jacksonville offense has explosive tendencies, but I don't know 
if it's uh, consistent or to be expected from them. What I do think you can lean on is knowing that there are two guys that this offense has to run through, and that's James Robinson and Marvin Jones. Um, there's no tight end that's going to really be rosterable here. You know, I think Chenault is involved to whatever degree that is considered at this point. Um, I, obviously, I mentioned some guys on the last show that you should go check out if you haven't listened to yet. Maybe some more sleepers in deeper leagues like Jamal Agnew. Um, but Marvin Jones, I'm going to start him feeling pretty confident coming off the bye, hoping that they're going to keep him involved. And uh, if I've got James Robinson, I'm feeling pretty good about starting him as well against the Seattle defense. Brandon Cooks coming into week eight. Uh, the Texans will be playing the uh, ex-St. Louis Rams, the now Los Angeles Rams, um, and I'm going to be sitting him. So don't, don't let this uh, matchup against the Rams scare you as to why I'm sitting him. But here's the deal, okay? Any game the Texans have played this year where they've scored less than 21 points, he is non-existent. He's putting up five or six fantasy points for you. So um, Texans obviously have looked absolute dog shit these past couple weeks. Um, They scored five points this last week, I think three points the week before, then zero points. So um, it's really, it's going to be a dice roll if they're going to be able to put up more than three or five points. And against one of the best defenses in the league, I don't see it happening. So um, it doesn't feel safe if he does end up putting up a rosterable game. It's going to be because he breaks off a long, you know, 30, 40 yard touchdown pass. Um, I don't see that being something on the radar moving up for me, though. Last guy here on the list, Miles Gaskin um, in the, in, in the uh, Miami Dolphins offense. Look, starter sit Miles Gaskin this week. You're going to start him, okay? Um, they are playing Buffalo, which is which is the red flag that I have here, a little bit of hesitancy. Um, but Ma- Malcolm Brown edged it. Oh, my God. English is really difficult sometimes. Malcolm Brown exited last week with a quad injury, so he's most likely going to be placed on injured reserve um, he, I think Gaskin's going to be utilized in the air and on the ground just as much as he was this past week. That's one thing about him is you don't have to worry about him. Well, you do have to worry because he's not going to get the volume on the ground that you want from your starting number one running back, but he's going to be involved in the air, same as Gasicki and Waddle. Um, so I think those are the three guys that this offense is going to run through coming up in the rest of the season. Now that two is back, I'm hoping that they start to form a connection and we can actually predict a little bit of consistency here from quarterback to running back play. Um, but other than that, those are my starts and sits for the week. Obviously, Ra- Raiders and Ravens are on by this week. If you guys are enjoying the show, please check it out on Spotify. Go ahead and submit a vote on the poll that I'll post there for this episode. Um, you can also submit lineup questions, and if I see one or two of those, I'll make sure that I hop on and answer them Sunday morning for you guys. Other than that, hope you've had a great week. We're looking forward to an awesome week eight coming up. Um, and you can reach me on social media at Drakey Shrakey on Twitter, or you can follow the show on Twitter at Shrade underscore Aways underscore FF. Thanks, cheers, and we'll see you guys next week on Shrade Aways. <laughs>